We're going to read a scripture together, so if you'll just remain standing. We're in a series called Rest, and if you're new, uh, well, let me say this. If you're new, Laura and I would love to meet you. If we've not said hi to you, we'll be right out by the front doors, end of the service. We'd love to connect with you or uh, anybody. If there's any way that I, I can be of assistance to you as your pastor, you need my ear. I'm going to be here as long as I need to be here. Laura, we'll be here as long as you need us. Uh, we would love to visit with you af- after the service. We're in the series called Rest. This is birthed out of the sabbatical that I just came off of. Uh, if you're new to church, a sabbatical is a time where about every seven years a pastor will just step away uh, and get rest and to renew and to just reflect and think forward. And so I took about eight weeks just to do that. It was amazing. And it was during that time that I realized I don't know how to rest. I don't know. I'm terrible at rest. Turn to somebody right now and say, you're terrible at resting. You're terrible at resting. Now, some of you aren't looking at that person next to you because you're like, all they do is nap. That's all they do is nap. But man, we're, we're just terrible as a society. We're terrible at resting. God wants you to rest. He wants you to rest in him and he wants you just to rest physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And so we're taking the next few weeks and we're just talking about this idea of rest. We're looking at the 23rd Psalm. You're probably familiar with that. Most people are. It's been around for about 3,000 years. Written by King David, the king of Israel. Later in his life, he was reflecting back on his life when he was a shepherd and when he had killed Goliath. And, and he wrote this psalm out of that. It's been quoted by world leaders and uh, goes beyond scripture. It's a beautiful piece of poetry, but I believe that rest is found in it. Let's say it together. This is it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Anybody, anybody do, do that? You've been doing that? Have you been, have you been taking advantage of the green pastures? Have you, been, have you been sitting beside the still water? It's good. It's good. If you haven't, if you missed week one, you got to go back and listen to week one. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now remember, those of you here last week, what we say, it's, it's not, yay, <laughs> yay, I'm going through the valley, yay, I got cancer, yay, no, no. But I do believe followers of Jesus can say yay, because when I go through that valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. He's with me. And in fact, this is what the next part says right here. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In other words, it's so dark, I can't see God, but, but he reaches out his staff. And, and sometimes it's just a text from a friend or a phone call, or it's a song that you heard today in worship and God reaches out and, and nobody else around you feels the rod and the staff touching you, but you feel it and you're like, does it nobody else? Nobody else feeling it like I'm feeling it in this song because some reason he's touched. You ever had that? Like you're looking at someone next to you, you go, what is into you, man? You're like, I don't know. I just got it all over me. You're like, what? I don't know. I ain't got it, but I'm going to stand next to you so I get some of it. Amen. By the way, if you see people with their hands raised in worship, you got to sit by them because it'll, it'll lead you. I'm preaching. I'm not even, I'm, I'm preaching up in here now. This is good. Oh, this is really good stuff. You're like, are we going to sit down? I'm standing. You can stand. Okay. So here, here's, here's the deal. I, I, I am, I am worshiping and I'm down here on the front row and we're singing a song and I'm trying to get into it. I'm not really getting into it. Confessional, not really getting into it, trying to get into it. Nobody's ever had that. If you never had that, have you? You never had a song that you're just like, I'm trying, I'm just not feeling it. And, and it's just somebody behind me, I caught them out of the corner of my eye and they were just doing this. 
And it was like the rod and the staff touched me in that moment. And, and all of a sudden, something, something changed and the Spirit of God just renewed that in me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to worship you. So you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, I want to um, let you know the inspiration for this message. Parts of this message come from Louis Giglio. He's a pastor and communicator and heads up the passion movement. A lot of the songs we sing are because of Louis Giglio and um, just some, some inspiring things I think are going to help you today. But what I want to talk about for a few minutes today is how we need to sit down and rest a while. Some of y'all are like, yeah, can we now? No, I'm going to pray first. You ever get tired of standing in church? Don't raise your hand because the worship team doesn't like that. They want to stand the entire time. I'm like, dude, I got to sit down. They're like, can't we just stand the entire time? No, no. Because I get there, I'm like, I don't know how you are. I'm getting like second song. I'm like, whoo, I can do this. But you get tired. Listen, don't you get tired in life? Don't, don't, don't you feel that way sometimes in life that you just like want to say to God or just anybody that'll listen, man, I just want to sit down and, and rest a while. That's what I want to talk about. Let's pray. God, we need you today more than ever. So many people today, they need, they need to know that you're with them. They need to sense your hope. Some people need some healing today. Some people need your peace. Some people need to know they have a purpose in this life. And whatever that is, would you give it to them today, God? If you're not a follower of Jesus, make this your prayer today. God, I, I don't know you, but I sure would like to know you a little better today. Would you speak to me? And then would you pray for me as your pastor? I think we got a good word today, and he wants to speak to all of us. And if you're ready, in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. amen. Now tell somebody, sit down and rest a while. And you can sit down. Sit down and rest a while. Well, here in this uh, 23rd Psalm we've been talking about for um, the past couple of weeks, it's such a great Psalm because in, in the Psalm, David kind of starts off by this, he's just in a good place. He's like, man, God, you me, baby. Yeah, we got it, God. We're going to go. And this is awesome. I love you, God. And you're with me. And he's like, man, check it out. God is leading me beside the still water. Woo, I am hanging out in some green pastures. Everything's good. And then, and then he's going through the green pasture and he's going by the still water. And then all of a sudden, David finds himself in this, in this dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And he knows that there's danger around him, but he can't see it because it's just so dark. And we talked about that last week, this idea that he can't see it, doesn't know which way and which end is, is up. And, and then all of a sudden, when it just can't get it, you ever think it just can't get any worse? <laughs> it just can't get any worse. Then David says, oh, man. Not only am I now in the dark valley, but my eyes have adjusted to the dark, and I see my enemy. I, 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 the enemy is, is not a figment of my imagination. The enemy is very, very real. And he says, says this in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my, my cup. It it runs over. 
One of my, my favorite things is, as a dad it, it, over the years, Laura and I have four kids, if you don't know that, and one of my favorite things as a dad over the years has been to sit down at the dinner table with my kids. I've always loved that. That's just kind of my thing because there's just so much noise and, and, and stress and, and everybody's going every which way from schools to practices to jobs to whatever, friends. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, can I just, just get just some time with you? And so I love that time over the years where most nights, not every night, we would, we would sit down at the table together. And this is kind of a lost art in our society, isn't it? Like, nobody really does this anymore. I think the table's really kind of become a stacking station, like, for our laundry and our mail. That's pretty much what it's used for today. I think one day it'll be in the Smithsonian, and people will be like, what is that? That is amazing. What is it? This is a table. Once upon a time, people used to eat upon it. You know, so that's, I think that's what's going to happen. But I love doing that because I love to shut off the noise. And, and one of the rules we have when we sit at the table is you can't have your phone at the table. Okay, and I mean, you just can't have your phone because I want your attention. And so my kids, sometimes they try to tuck it under their, their leg. You ever had that one? And so they can feel it vibrate and they can look. No, 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 none of that. We're, we're, we are together. We are shutting off the noise. Now, let's just be real, okay? Truth of the matter is, is that many times the chaos is right at the table. You know, if you got kids, it's like very, very chaotic, a little stressful at dinner time. Okay, I, but to me, to me, it's a good chaos. To me, it's a good stress because I got, I got my family. So we'll go around the table and we'll do our highs and our lows, and everybody gets a chance, and then we just have this time to talk and to just knock the noise out for a little bit. So here's David, and what David is saying is that this is what God has done for you and I. He, he has set up a table in, in the midst of the chaos, in, in the midst of the noise, in the midst of our enemies that are, are pressing in on us. Here God has come and he set up this, this table for us. And I really think, I think this is what we're all looking for. I think this is what we really desire. This is, this is what we want. This is what we're hoping for. This is what we yearn for is this idea that I could just sit down and rest a while. Our theme for this series has been, I can find rest in the midst of stress. I can find rest in the midst of stress. Say that with me. I can find rest in the midst of stress. Turn to somebody and tell them, yeah, you can find some rest in the midst of your stress. You can find some rest. Come on, three people right now in front of you, behind you. You can find some rest in the midst of your stress. This is what we're looking for because we're like, God, can I have a break? God, if you could just, just, just help me just a little bit, just, just a sliver of peace in the midst of all the chaos that's going on around me. And, and here David comes in in the 23rd Psalm, and he says that we can find rest in the midst of stress. Look, look back at, at verse 5. He says what? You prepare what? A table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So, so let's just stop here for a second because honestly, we've all heard the 23rd Psalm and we're just like, oh yeah, the Lord's much ever, I don't want, he makes me life besides waters and he's, yeah, and I got the enemy thing and I got the table, blah, 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 blah. 
But, but really what we got to do is stop here for a moment and think about what's happening here. What David is saying is, hey, I am surrounded on all sides. Like, it doesn't look good at all. And, and, and I mean, there's no way out. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and, and all of a sudden, though, I'm at the table, and it looks like all hope is lost. And then what? God shows up, right? Yeah. Come on. More than one person ought to say amen to that. I worked hard on this all week, people. God shows up. And we're like, woo, yeah. Okay, if you don't get excited about God showing up, let's just pray and go home, okay? Man, God shows up. And you're like, here he is, all right. About time you got here, all right. And all of a sudden he's coming, he's got the truck. And you're like, kids, pack it up, we are out of here. Whoop, whoop. Okay, and he's backing up, beep, beep, beep. And you look on the side of that vehicle, and it's like two fellows in a truck. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That looks like a moving truck. I, 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 mean, that, that's a, I was hoping for a moving truck, and, and you were hoping it was, was going to say two fellas and a truck. But you look on the side of the truck, it doesn't say two fellas and, and a truck. It's not, it's, not a, it's, 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 it's not a moving truck. It's a delivery truck. And God's backing up into the middle of your pain, and he's dropping off a table and chairs in the middle of your pain. Are you kidding me? Whoa, whoa, God, hey, ho, 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 put the table back on, okay? Bring the two fellas in a truck. We need to get out of this hell. Do you not see what's happening around me, God? Do you not see the pain that I'm on? Do you, do you not see the struggle? Do you not see what's happening in my family right now? Do you not see that? Do you not see how this relationship is not working out, God? And, and I need you to help me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to do something. And he comes and he sets up a table right in the middle of that. You're like, God, do you not see what's happening at work? I mean, I've been praying, God. I've been praying that you get me a new job because I'm not getting the promotion. And, and the way the people treat me here is not good. And you're like, here comes the truck. And you think, finally, I'm going to get a new job and I'm out of here. And God delivers a new desk instead. And you're still at work, the place you're trying to get out of. What is it? What is the enemy that you're facing? What is the struggle that you have? It might be financial where you're just hoping that, that man, all right, I've, I've been paying these bills and I'm trying to get up and I'm trying to do the right thing. And here comes God. Yay, God. And, and, and he puts a table and chairs right in the middle of your bills. And you're like, I need you to deliver me from that. What is it for you? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an addiction that you're dealing with. And it's destroying your family. And your wife is wondering if you're ever going to overcome that. Your husband is wondering if you're ever going to overcome that. Your kids are struggling. You're like, man, God, I just need out of this. And in the midst of all that pain, he, he comes and he prepares a table in, in the midst of my enemy. So why, why would God do that? Why would God set up a table in the middle of a battle zone? I think one reason he does is because if we're going to conquer the enemy, we need strength for the battle. If you're really going to be able to conquer the enemy that you're facing, you've got to have some strength. So here's, here's what rest is. Rest is preparation for the battle. Rest is preparation for the battle. In other words, when I come to the table, it's a place where I can sit and rest a while and God can fill me because here, here, here's the problem is is 
We need physical strength. We need mental strength. We need emotional strength. We need spiritual strength for the battles that we're facing. And, and, and the problem is, most of us, if, if not many of us, we're going out into the battle and we are depleted. Like, I don't know how you are, but I make horrible decisions when I'm hungry. I get hangry. That's what happens to me. I get hangry, and just yesterday, Laura's like, have you eaten lunch? And I'm like, oh, girl. Mm. No, I have not, but I will. And I found that I just, you know, make bad decisions when I'm hungry. Come on, turn to somebody right now and tell them, you make really bad decisions when you're hungry. You make really bad decisions when you are hungry. Think about it. Some of your worst decisions in life, and I don't want to bring those up on you, but think about some of the dumb, stupid that you've done. Just think of the stupid you've done in your life. Haven't, hasn't that happened many times because you are just emotionally depleted? I, you're, just, you're, just, you're just empty, and you make that decision, and oh, it, you pay for it. Or you're physically just exhausted, and you, you make a decision, and it's just never good. Or you're spiritually just drained and empty and you make that decision and it's it's just not a good decision right in the middle here david says a table is set up to provide nourishment for us look at what the new living translation says the new living translation says it this way you prepare what you prepare what a feast you prepare a a feast for me now, this, this week, I, I celebrated my um, birthday, and uh, thank you, one person, thank you. Uh, I know, I, I know, I, I know. I look good for 36, I know, you don't have to say it, it's okay. But, but um, I, I'm not a gift person, I just, I just, I, I don't really get into gifts. I mean, and if you want to get me a gift, you can get me a gift, I'm all for that, so I will receive that in the name of Jesus if you want to do that and get me a gift certificate or something. I'm all for that. Uh, and I wear extra large. So, uh, but I, my, my, here, here's the thing I love. Uh, what I love, and Laura, Laura knows this, is I, I, it may be wrong. I, I love food. I just, I, I love food, okay? And, and so Laura, she made me a meal for my birthday of all of my favorite things. And I'm telling you, this thing was insanely delicious. She made homemade fried chicken. Come on. Oh, oh, you all ain't saved and sanctified until you've had homemade fried chicken. But that was, she made all my favorites. She, she got out some corn because I love to have corn with my fried chicken. And then this is, this is another thing I love. Anybody like, um, uh, you like uh, mashed potatoes? Anybody mashed potatoes? Not, not, not the fake stuff. The real stuff, like you got to spend some time on those potatoes. No lumps, a little bit of garlic. Mm. Oh, and, and then I was like, and, I, and so this meal was there, and I was like, oh, this is so good. And I was so excited, and I thought, I, 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 I'm hoping, I'm hoping she did. I'm hoping she did, and 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 she she did. She made some homemade rolls for me. Now, oh, now I am preaching up in here. All right. She made me some homemade rolls. And if you've been in the church long enough, let me tell you, this is Aunt Mary's secret recipe for homemade rolls. And I just thought, oh, Jesus is coming back like right now because this is just amazing. Okay, now listen, listen. This 
is a picture of what God has set up for you and for me. He has set up a feast for you and a feast for me. Come on, turn to somebody and say, hey, he set up a feast for you. He has set up a feast for you, all right? He has put this in the presence of your enemies. He's he's set up, you need confidence? He's put confidence at the table for you. He's put peace at the table. He's put hope at the table. There is a feast for you. Everything that I need is right here at the table. Everything I need is at the table. Now, here's the the mistake that many of us make, including myself. I'm probably the biggest mistaker of them all, is we give the wrong person a seat at the table. We give the wrong person a seat at the table. If you're taking notes, this is good to write down here. Don't give the enemy a seat at the table. Don't give the enemy a seat at the table. Come on, tell three people. Tap them on the shoulder behind you, in front of you. Say, hey, don't give the enemy a seat. Come on, tell them right now. Everybody, come on. Don't give him a a, a seat because here's the thing. The, The devil is always looking for a seat at your table. He loves to just slide in and have a good conversation with you. We, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. You were here last week. We talked about this. He loves to just sit down and just start talking to you about, hmm, how you doing? Well, that was a pretty good, little, uh, pretty good little spread here. Nice. Too bad it's not for you. Like, it's for everybody else but it's, it's, it's not for you. And, I, and then he starts talking to you about the enemy or the struggle that you are, are, are facing. He's like, yeah, that relationship. You, you, that, listen, just, just, you know what? You should get up and move away from the table because that, that person, they are never going to change and you just need to get used to that. That's your new normal. So quit pushing up to the table and thinking that things are going to change because they're they're not. Oh, you, you, you think that you know, you're going to go to work tomorrow and things are going to, somehow God's going God's to do something. He, listen, it's, been, it's the same old, same old, same old for you. And it's never going to change. And he just keeps talking to us over and over again. And we give the enemy a seat at our table. Here's another thing he does. He'll get up from the table and he'll go, he'll invite the actual enemy to the table like a physical person to to the table and he'll have them sit down at the table and go, hey you remember them you remember how they hurt you you remember what they did to you remember how they betrayed you remember how you found out that they aren't who they thought that you, you thought they were remember this is this is the person that slandered you been talking about you you know what you know what you need to do <laughs> you need to tell them you just need to tell them. Like, they've been, fi- they've been firing at you. It is time for you to fire back. And here's what happens. We are like, oh, you are so right. That is good. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell them. Have you ever done this? Have you ever just told somebody and, next, and you're just throwing up at the mouth and you're just like, and then you're this and then you did that and you just, and have you ever had this where your brain can't catch up to your mouth? Okay, come on, testify, amen. That's me. My brain can't catch up to my mouth. And you're just like, and you just throw up all over them and tell them all the things they're doing. And you're just like, oh. And the enemy is like, oh, that's good. That's good. 
Now, some of us, though, we're a little more passive aggressive, and so the enemy knows that. He knows that you don't, you're not going to do that, and your brain uh, works a little bit differently. And so he says this, hey, you know what you need to do? Send him a text. It's <laughs> the best way. Send him a text. Because you can say everything you want. They cannot interrupt you. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about anything. You're like, oh, that is good. That is good. Autocorrect abandonment. You abandoned me. You're firing that text off. And then you. He's like, yeah. He's like, sin. You're like, oh, yeah, sin. Boom. And then you're waiting. You ever done this one here? You're like, oh, that felt good. Oh, it felt good. And you're waiting on the reply. And they don't text you back? Oh, what is that all about? They didn't text you back. He was like, oh, man. Or here's, here's another one. Here's another one he'll do. He'll go, listen, listen don't, don't make it private. Don't do that. You know what you need? You need to get on, get on Facebook. That's what you need to do. Get on Facebook. Now, now don't, don't, don't use their name. Just, just kind of roundabout tell a, about them. And, and they'll, they'll know. They're going to know you're talking about that. But, but, you know, you can be all Christ-like because you're not really talking about them. And so you're like, oh, that is good. That's good stuff. And so you sit down and you're like, mm-mm-mm. And you're updating your Facebook and you're telling everybody all about it. And then you hit it right there and you send and you wait for everybody to comment, right? Oh, I can't wait for the comments. And the enemy loves that one because he's like, oh, this is going to be good because here's what's going to happen. See, you're going to have all your friends, okay? All your friends, okay, are going to comment. They're going to get on your side, and then this person's going to see what an idiot they are, and they ain't got no friends, and you got all the friends. How is that working out for you? <laughs> this is what the enemy does. The other thing he'll do is he'll, he, will, he will set somebody at your table that's an ally, somebody you love, somebody you care about, somebody that means something to you in your life that you're very close to, and he'll twist it around, and he will make them into the enemy. Listen, don't give the enemy a seat at the table. If you're taking notes, write this down. I won't put it on the screen um, for the sake of time. 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18. The Assyrian army is coming up against Israel and and King Hezekiah is, is, doesn't know what to do because there's like 200,000 troops that are bearing down on him and they are conquering all the cities in Israel, and they are coming for King Hezekiah and the capital city of Jerusalem to conquer the city, and they are like one city away, and, they're, and they start sending the, the Assyrian king and, and some of his military leaders, they start sending these messages to the Israelites, and they start talking to the Israelites, and they're like, hey, you guys, you ought to give up. <laughs> Seriously, you're not seeing what we've done? Like, we have conquered everybody. And you, you think, oh, you think your God is coming. You, no, your God ain't coming. Your God ain't been nowhere. We, we've done it. Don't, don't listen to your king. And, and what's interesting, in the, in the, right in the middle of the story, King Hezekiah says just powerful statement. He says this, don't answer the enemy. Don't answer the enemy. Say that with me. Don't answer the enemy. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, don't answer that phone. Don't answer that phone. Come on, tell somebody, don't answer the enemy. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. In other words, do not engage with the enemy in conversation. That never goes well. The only person that should be sitting at our table is Jesus. 
There's a chair for you. There's a chair for him. And he has prepared the feast, not for the enemy. He's prepared the feast for you. It's for you. And the only person that should occupy that chair is Jesus because he is the only one that can put food on the table. Oh, that is good right there. He is the only one who can put food on the table. Jesus said it this way. Write this down, okay? Jesus said it this way in John 6, 58. John 6, 58. He said, I am the true bread. I'm the bread of life. I'm the true bread. In, in other words, I am the feast at the table. Jesus says, I'm the feast at, at, at the table. I, I would say it this way in a modern day uh, interpretation. I, I, think, I think Jesus would say, I'm the homemade rolls. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I satisfy like nobody else. And here's what happens when, when you give Jesus a seat at the table. You start engaging him in conversation. You're like, man, God, I don't know what. I just don't know what I'm going to do about that. Because I'm really struggling. And I just don't. And here, here's what happens is Jesus is, is sitting at the table. Just imagine this right in the middle of everything. He's sitting at the table and he says, yeah, I know. I know you are. And he says, here, here, here. Here, I want you to just take one of these. And just, just let me fill you with confidence and hope or joy or whatever it is that you need. So, you know, what you may not know and may not realize is these are actual homemade rolls. These are not Walmart rolls. These are not Risa rolls. These are, these are homemade. My wife, my beautiful bride, Laura, stayed up well into the midnight hour baking these homemade rolls. Mm, amen. Come on. Can we get some love for her today? Okay. So, so is it, anybody, anybody want one? Okay, okay, because here's, here's the thing. See, see, the enemy comes to you, and, and he starts talking to you at the table, and you got to kick him away from the table, and you got to get Jesus at, at the table, and the reason you got to get Jesus at the table is because you're sitting there, and you're talking to, to, to Jesus about what you're dealing with in the struggle, and you're like, God, I don't know what my future. I mean, you know my past. I don't think I got anything. Seriously, I don't think it looks, it just looks dark. And he says, here, here, you know what you need? Take some hope. Come on, take some hope. Take it, yeah. This ain't, this ain't rigged, my friend. You're like, this is a look on his face. I don't know what's going to happen. Is that an electrified basket? What's going on there? But this is what the enemy does is he, he comes to, you know what he, he comes to you and does? He says, oh, you think you're a good mama. Well, 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 well. You think you're a good dad. Well, 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 well. Look at your kids and look how jacked up and messed up they are. And look how good their kids are doing over there. You're a horrible parent. You're like, God, I, man, I just, I'm trying. I'm really trying and I know I'm not doing the best, but I'm, I'm sure I'm trying. And he's like, you know what? I know you are. Here, here, take some, he says, like, take some confidence. Take some confidence. Pick that. That's a good one right there. That's some good confidence. Right That's some serious confidence. This is, this is what he is. This is, this is what he, he does for us. He, he comes and he says, you know what? Listen, you, you got the bills stacking up, you know, and you're like looking at the bills, you know, and she's like, mm, but I've been wanting that outfit. I'm going to buy that outfit. And you're like, well, you can't afford that outfit because we can't 
forward that right now. Well, I don't care what you say. I'm getting that, okay? I'm putting it, discover me now. I'm getting a discover card and discover what I'm going to be wearing on Sunday. Boom. And you're like, well, how are we going to discover paying that off? And next thing you know, you guys are upside down with each other. And you're like, God, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this financially. I don't know how I'm going to do this and pay for the kids and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. Just sit at the table with me. Put some trust in me. And, and out of nowhere, he just says, you know what? Here, just take some peace. You know what you need right now? You just need, you just need some peace. And, and he provides that, that peace that you so desperately desire and that you want in your life. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you need, he says, I, I've got it for you. And you've got to press in and you've got to go to the table because that's the only place that you're going to get it is when you go to the table. And when you get to the table, it is waiting on you. It is waiting on you, whatever it is you need, confidence, joy, hope, whatever it is that you need in your life. And David says this, he says, this is a feast that never ends. I love this. He's like, it never ends. It's like the all-you-can-eat buffet, okay? It's the Ryan Steakhouse, the Golden Corral, the Luby's Cafeteria, okay? I mean, it never ends. Look what he says in verse 5, in the second part of verse 5. He says, you anoint my head with oil. And what does it say? Let's say this together. My cup runs over. Come on, tell somebody, tell three people right now, tap them on the shoulder and say, there's plenty for you and there's plenty for me. There's plenty for you and there's plenty for me. This is what David, it's, listen, it's, it's, it's one thing for God to prepare the feast and to prepare the table. And it's another thing to sit down at the table and enjoy it. Because the truth is for many of us, the way we would read this verse is my calendar runneth over. I'm so stressed. I mean, man, school is starting back, and, and, and I got to get the back-to-school supplies, and the church needs school supplies. I need school supplies. And then the teacher sent the list home, and I didn't have the right Kleenex, you know? And you're like, I got to go buy the right Kleenex, and then I got to get that. No, and then they, they want to sign up for some kind of sports, so I got to get them in soccer or baseball or football. Oh, and then they got to have a physical, and I got to go down and go to doctor's appointment because we don't have the physical. And they, did, oh, they don't have their shot, and I can't, I can't find their birth certificate. Are you even my child? And you're just like so stressed. You don't have time to sit at the table. And Jesus says, come, come sit at the table. Come, come sit at the table. Can I, can I just encourage you today? You know what you're doing right now? You're sitting at the table. You could have stayed home. You, and, and, and Come on, you know, in your mind, you're like, it's easier to stay home, isn't it? It's just easier to stay home. It's easier to stay away from the table because you got to make your way to the table and Jesus is waiting for you. And here's what happened for some of you today. You come to the table and man, just something happened in the worship, in the music that we had, or there was, there was a moment today in, when we were in his word and, and, and God had exactly what you needed because you came to the table and you're eating from the table that he has prepared for you. For some of you, it's your core group. Andrea was talking about her core group and what they mean to her. And her core groups are amazing because what she's talking about was just such a perfect picture of the table. It's like a literal table for so many of our groups who sit around a table and eat together. They, they laugh together. And they have joy together. And they encourage one another. And I've just seen so many people that are doing that. And even Andrea's husband, Donnie, he's in a group. And they meet on Friday mornings, a group of guys. And they just get together and... They have coffee together and just talk about their kids and their life. And 
And they sit at the table and they encourage one another and they push back the noise. This is what God wants to do for all of us. He is providing a table, a feast, and an oasis in the presence of my enemies. But let's just be real here for a moment. Can we just be real that sometimes we see the enemy? And let's talk about the enemy because the enemy is real. And what that means is there is very real danger. Like when it's a dark valley, there's perceived danger. I know that there's something out there, but now that my eyes have adjusted to the dark and I see the enemy, let's just be honest. Think about the situation you're in right now. There's real danger. There's a real struggle that you're facing in the workplace or in your family or in your finances or, or, or an addiction or whatever it is that you're dealing with. It's very real and the danger is very real. You could lose a lot. Laura and I, when we were on our um, sabbatical, we went to a place called Hume Lake and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, this place we went to up in the mountains of Central California where um, the Sequoia National Forest, one of the most beautiful places in all of the earth. It's incredible there. No cell signal. We just... It was just great. We just unplugged, and, and, I, and I, I love to hike. I love to just go on walks, and so we got to go through the, just hiking through the forest and through the woods, and here's the thing, though. I, I like it, and I enjoy it, but Laura, not so much, because she is petrified of bears, okay? She just is freaked out by bears. So, for instance, like, I'm walking through the woods, and I'm like, oh, God's creation. It's wonderful. It's beautiful, and, here, and I look back, and here's Laura. God's creation. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, what is that? What is that? What, what is, what is that? And I'm looking, I'm like, it's a stump. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. And so we were walking and I noticed that she wasn't next to me and I turned around and I looked and she had, she picked up this big tree branch and, and I said, what are you going to do with that? Is that your walking stick? She goes, no. No, they tell you that if a bear comes, that you just make yourself as big as you can. And so I'm going to make myself as big as I can. I'm raw, and I'm going to I'm going to scare the bear, I'm going to scare the bear away. <laughs> so so I'm standing there, and she doesn't know this. I take out my phone, and I'm like, so let me see your bear attack pose. And she does her raw bear attack, and I go click, and I take a picture of it. Here it is, right here. This is her striking her bear pose. <laughs> Is she smiling? Is she smiling? Is she happy? <laughs> oh my goodness. And so, so to get that off the screen. Get it off the screen. Okay. Damage is done. It's too late. So we're walking and and um, I see about a hundred yards off, it looks like you're gonna get a chance to have this beautiful scenic view. And so I'm like, let's go up to the scenic view, that'll be awesome. And she's and she's like, no. No. And I'm like, come on, I need to be great. It's only 100 yards. She's like, no, look at the sign. And I look and there's a sign and it says, danger, bears present, Laura Farnsworth, run to your car now with blinking lights, you know? And I'm like, honey, come on. I mean, a bear could eat you at any time. And then she's like, no, that didn't help. And I'm like, and so being the good husband that I am, I'm like, fine, go back to the car. I'm going, I'm walking. <laughs> And I'm like, no, come on, come on. And so I talk her into it, and she gets right up next to me, and she's holding on to me, and, and we're walking, and, and we get up, uh, and we all of a sudden we go up to uh, the edge, and it just opens up, and we have the most beautiful scenic view. And I, I probably ought to post this on social media just so you can really get a good picture of it. But as far as we, uh, the eye could see, it was these beautiful rolling mountains, beautiful green pine trees, and the clouds, and the snow-capped 
mountains. It was majestic. This, this is a picture of the table. This is the table. And what happens to so many of us is, is we get up from the table because of fear and because of doubt. And we're like, no, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to work out. It's always going to be like this. And fear and doubt cause us to get up and go away from the table. And what do we do? We just go get a big tree branch and go, I'll just, I'll just take on the enemy by myself. And then he picks you off. But this is a picture of, uh, of the table and the feast that God has put out before us. See, when you sit down at the table, all of a sudden you see God in all of his majesty, all of his splendor, all of his greatness. You see the vast greatness of our God, and you see a feast that is never ending, a cup that runneth over, that does not end. Like, as far as I can see, goodness and faithfulness, as far as the eye can see, this is our God. This is who he is. This is what he'll do for you. So sit. Sit at the table. Pull up a chair. Let Jesus sit with you. You know what? My circumstances might not have changed, and I'm still surrounded by the enemy. But as long as Jesus is sitting at my table... I got all I need. I got everything that I need. 